0: Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me, as always, is my co-host and fellow treasure hunter and junior woodchuck, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Andy? I'm swell. Hey, we have a guest star. We do have a
1: guest star. Uh, this is my good friend, Taj Whitesell. Uh, Taj is a uh, from Louisville, but recently uh, relocated to Atlanta. I met Taj at the Spaulding MFA Low Residency Program. Uh, we met in Louisville, but then we also went abroad to Prague and Berlin with them. And we've been really good friends ever since. And Andy, this is where I confess that while for most Disney things, I call you. Right. Yes. DuckTales <laughs> specifically, I call Taj. Uh, Taj has gotten many of the exciting texts from me, like, they just introduced (laughs) Daisy into the duck universe. Um, Like, like, and that comes with a lot of exclamation points.
2: Taj, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. I'm very excited
0: to keep talking about (laughs) DuckTales. Absolute pleasure. We're so glad you're here. If you're Larry's go-to for DuckTales, this ought to be a real treat. I'm excited. (laughs)
1: And, and Taj, I, I know that you were a, a big fan of the reboot series with me. Mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. that because we texted every time there was a new episode. Um, were you also a fan of the original series?
2: Yes. Well, mostly because I was a child of the 80s. So it was definitely in the rotation of regularly watched cartoons. So I was actually really surprised how much I remembered watching, rewatching it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember all of these episodes.
1: <laughs> I, I think I've watched this. Hundreds of times because I just yeah. watched the Disney Afternoon every every day.
2: Yeah, it was and it was-, was like religion in my house. Disney Afternoon, Bonkers, Marsupalami, Tailspin, um, all Duck of it.
1: Bears, rescue <laughs> Rangers, and of yep. course, Darkwing Duck.
2: Yeah, which, my favorite. Um,
1: so very cool. Uh, so let let me give uh, some key facts about this. First, I want to tell you why Taj didn't pick this. I picked this and. <laughs> I also picked Taj. So, uh, what I what I do want to say here is why did I pick this? Um, DuckTales is not the first cartoon to be considered part of the Disney Afternoon, uh, but I'm going to argue that it is the most successful of those franchises. Uh, most of those series went somewhere between fifty two and sixty five episodes, if wow. they got that far. DuckTales had over a hundred episodes over the course of four seasons.
0: Excellent.
1: Um, and then also had a movie, and then also recently was rebooted in a series that started in 2017 uh, and ended on a high note uh, this this past year. Um, so DuckTales was a really big deal, all things considered. Uh, Disney launched the series. I remember this, because it was – you have to remember, it was – Television. There were like seven channels back then. Right. <laughs> uh, a new a new cartoon show emerging from Disney was a big deal. Absolutely. They launched these first five episodes of the series as a quote unquote movie. It's not really a movie. Um, and I I do want to talk about TV stuff on this podcast. Uh, and I think that looking at these five episodes as an extended pilot pilot and seeing what elements are there to really make this franchise take off uh, is, is a big deal. Um, and and we should explore it. So right here's on. What, here's what I'm going to tell you about DuckTales that, that you may not know. Unlike other uh, TDA shows, this one was actually based on comic books. Uh, Uncle Scrooge is one of those rare characters who was created in the comic books first before he ever appeared in a cartoon. Uh, he appeared in the comics in 1947, and what is particularly unusual for, for a character uh, that is not like a shorts character, he got his own comic book in 1952, and that comic was still going as of 2020. Uh, over 450 episodes, uh, issues of that comic book, and a lot of the characters... Uh that we see in the series come from the comic books. Uh the Beagle Boys originate there. Gyro Gearloose, uh eliminate who we see briefly in this series, uh begins there and eventually gets his own comic book. Uh Flintheart Go- Flintheart Glomgold and Magic Dispel, who sadly is not in these first five episodes. <laughs> um also originated in the comic books. So when we're talking about intellectual property, DuckTales did not come from nothing. It actually had a significant uh, following there. Uh, and, and those are my facts about DuckTales. Uh, and Very cool. since we're mixing it up and I did the key facts, do you want to tackle the monish Tana?
0: I do. I just want to make sure that our listeners know that they're watching the first five episodes of the original DuckTales series. Not the movie that's on Disney Plus. That's a different. Even though it's Treasures of the Something, it's not the same thing. Magic Lamp. It's not the same thing. So you might get a little derailed as I did (laughs) when I was trying to watch this. Um, And I actually, I, I first I was like, oh, this is a reboot. This seems really. Wait, this is really recent. Oh, this isn't it. No. So I watched the reboot first, and then I found the movie and I watched the movie, and that wasn't the right movie. So we're talking about the first 5 episodes of the uh original DuckTales series. Okay. So with the Manischeanu for our listeners again, the Manischeanu kicks off the four questions of Passover. Uh why is this night like all other nights, right? Different and from so- all other nights. Different from all other nights. Sorry, my bad. Not yeah. So, for Larry and Taj, why does this pilot start where it starts instead of maybe somewhere else?
2: Cuz he gets the nephews, right? Like uh Donald has joined the navy as all good sailors do. <laughs> and uh he can no longer take care of the the triplets, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Um so he's leaving them with Uncle Scrooge. And yeah. we're not really sure how that's going to go, <laughs> right?
1: Um, I mean, the opening of this is we don't actually start on the nephews, though, right? We we start with uh, Uncle Scrooge, and we, you know, putting this in context of the time period, Mickey's Christmas Carol had just launched Uncle Scrooge into some celebrity, right? Uh, we see that this is not a redeemed Scrooge who's been through through the, the Christmas past, present, future situation. He is still greedy. he is still stingy. When people ask him to donate to charity, he's not interested. When he's offered a free sample of cheese, he says gonna have more than one and he takes it all. Uh, we, we, we really they really sell us on the flawed aspect of this protagonist right from the start. That that right. he is he is a character who has not yet awakened
0: in a way. Well, like in, in any series, we have to meet the characters and establish their flaws, right? If we don't we don't and we need to know that fast. That's fast exposition. There's almost two types and we'll talk about this a little in a little while. There are almost two types of exposition in this little series. One where we, you know, spell out for children what exactly is happening in the scene, and then others like this where we can actually see it. And um and that yeah. So there's for sure.
2: also um, a really nice moment in that Scrooge intro. Like there's a ton of like character work being done there, but there's mm-hmm. a really quick moment that I didn't catch till the second viewing where he's like, Oh, I got, I'm going to have to pay for a taxi. <laughs> right. And he looks into a phone booth and finds change to pay for the taxi. And I actually realized that that is kind of a good metaphor for Scrooge as a character. And, and we can talk about this later, especially when we get to Flint Heart and the difference between Scrooge and Flint Heart. is that Scrooge is really lucky more than he is almost anything else. Like, money comes to him, he lucks out all the time, and I felt like that was a really interesting little nugget that they placed right at the beginning where he's like, I have to pay for a taxi, and he manages to find that change in, like, a phone thing. I thought that was good. But beyond that, Taj, it's he makes his own luck
1: right because he chooses to look into that fo- like everybody else walked by that payphone Scrooge is the one who looks for it everybody else took one free cheese sample he takes he <laughs> takes them all right and it right, pays right. off for him all of these actions along the way the other thing i noticed from the exposition and it's really smart cuz you introduce the nephew's being sad with Donald and when Scrooge comes to them he's like i don't understand why you're leaving the boys with me. Like the boys don't understand why he's, they're being left with Scrooge. And right. Scrooge doesn't understand why he's being left with the boys. And then Donald says something and it's really smart. And it's, you're the only person I trust with them. Which lets us know that even if we don't see it yet, Donald Duck... <laughs> cool, cool. We we built up some feelings about over over the years. And let's face right. it, if we don't like Donald Duck, we're not watching DuckTales. Like like um uh, he's telling us it's going to be okay and it's all going to work out between them. And I think that's really smart too. I think that's part of why we start where we start.
0: Do you all feel like Donald has made a huge like leap? We can talk about this later uh, too, but I I think it's important here. This is not the Donald Duck I've come to know as the nemesis of Mickey Mouse or the, you know, this is somebody who's a little different. He seems sort of responsible. Um, and as Tosh said earlier, he's going to be a sail, actually be a sailor because, you know... He's going to be in the Navy because that's what he should maybe have maybe been doing all along. And so um, he's been
2: wearing the costume long enough, I, he might right. as well join.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. But
2: I, did, I, I also sort of looked it up because I was like, is this the first time Donald's ever been an actual sailor? And uh, apparently they just dressed him like that because Disney associated ducks with water and sailors with water. So he was like, that makes sense. He'll, we'll, we'll dress up as a sailor.
0: Ah, I love it. (laughs) But,
1: but to your point, Andy Taj and I have had this conversation. The Ducktales version of Donald Duck is the best. Is where Donald Duck gets to be his best self. Right. Um, It's true in this series, but it, it is even more true in the reboot series that what you see with Donald is he loves the nephews, he loves his family, and in loving his family, we see a different side of him than we see when he's with Mickey.
0: Right, right. He he definitely loves his family, whereas Scrooge McDuck has sort of a lust for money, and he's going to have to make a decision. It's you know your money or your life, right? And so, which which is more important for him? And and they, again, that's established really quickly, I think, in this early early episode. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to structure and plot. We've got. Five episodes, each of which has to be self-contained. And again, it, they're all connected, though, through a couple of devices, which I'll talk about in a little bit, and then also this overall Lost Sons storyline. Um, Larry, why, why did that happen, do you think?
1: Well, uh, I, have, I have a couple of theories on this. Uh, but the first that I want to say is, look, when they made this, they knew it was going to go into syndication. The plan is for this to be the Disney Afternoon. And the worst thing that you can do, at least the thinking at the time was, if you create episodes that have to be watched in sequence in order to understand it, if you have to binge the episodes, you're going to lose your audience. So if that first week of the afternoon, uh, you start on part three and you're going, uh, I feel like I've missed some stuff. I don't I don't really understand what's going on. You might not come back to DuckTales ever. Right. So, So by setting it up that they are basically five self-contained adventures with a little bit of a meta plot connecting them all together, uh, you you have the best of both worlds, at least for the time period uh, in which children are watching TV in the 80s. So I think that's a big part of it. But we would never make a movie that looked like this and put it in a movie theater.
0: Oh, no, 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 never. And um,
1: I, I want to strongly recommend if you're watching this, watch one episode a day for five days. Uh, it, is, it, it is a lot to watch in one lump sum. Right.
0: Agree. And Andy are both nodding. agree. No, I, and I get that, you know, you don't really want like film students modeling their feature movie screenwriting in this way. Um, you know, this isn't a movie in the movie sense. There's a lot of, things in between that are connecting them. There's, you know, uh, but you could certainly make a pitch or even write like a proof of concept in this way, right? You could write something a little thick. You could play with who works best as a protagonist. And then you kind of hone in where the magic of the story maybe truly lies, Um I think we also want to talk about where the function of each episode is. Um, we want to talk about maybe function and story, but also the purpose of the episode. Why is each episode doing what it does? And, in these,
1: and, I, f- and I, yeah. I, that's great, Andy. And I think these five parts, uh, each of them, is it does function as an extended pilot. And each of these five points is trying to do something here, some, sometimes more successfully than other times. Um <laughs> uh, so the first episode, which is called Don't Give Up the Ship, right. functions as our inciting incident, uh, as, as Taj pointed out. Uh, it's got Uncle Scrooge. It's got the nephews being adopted by him. It's establishing the core premise of the show. And I think it might be the strongest of the five episodes. I agree. Yeah, think? I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz it cuz it's really focusing on there are characters that are apart and they need to come together and become a family. Uh and uh and I I think it works pretty well and and it's it's fun. We've got well in a very short time we establish the world of Duckburg. Uh we we bring in the Beagle boys and they're kind of goofy. Um we we don't really go someplace on an adventure, but the adventure comes to Duckburg and and really, uh, I, I I think it works really nicely. It sets up the key relationship in the series and allows us to to go a little bit further. Do, do either of you want to say something different about Don't Give Up the Ship, or?
2: No, I was going to say, like, especially at the end, you know, we sort of see the deficiencies with Scrooge, that he needs a family, that he does not have particular kind of love in his life, but at the very end of the episode, they actually articulate that, and he realizes it as well, right? Like, he's been keeping the boys in the attic and not spending any time with them because he just views it as a burden, not necessarily, like, an opportunity for growth um, that Donald has placed on him in, in the ways that, like, Donald has been able to grow by being a parent to the triplets. So sort of at the end where he's interviewing at the candy factory, and she's like... Who's your family? Who, who do you care about? And he starts to realize he probably doesn't have anyone. And mm. so then he latches onto the concept of, wait, I have the nephews. You, you should meet them. They're great. They're just like me. Um, <laughs> so it's sort of nice to see him come to that realization at the end of that episode as well. Because we know that he has a problem, but he doesn't.
1: Yes. He, he is the character who doesn't realize he's lonely. He even says to Duckworth at one point, he says... You know the thing about the boys that drives me crazy the most is how much they remind me of me,
0: mm.
1: and and what what does that really mean? It means that Scrooge's real problem is with himself, and not with the right. boys at all. And I mean that's that is deep for for uh, a three three p.m. after school cartoon <laughs> show for for hmm. your protagonist to have that realization in the first episode, uh, but it, it's a great. It, the first episode is filled with sweet little moments like this. And and really what's nice for characters that are generally considered to be static characters. You know, Mickey Mouse doesn't really grow and change. Goofy doesn't really grow and change. We don't We see Donald making a life tr- a choice in his life to grow and change, and that is forcing both Scrooge and the nephews to grow and change and they're establishing these are not static characters. They're not flat, they're round. And a right, cartoon right. show with round characters—that's, I mean, it's been done at this point, but but not a lot, not with not with these kinds of—they're ducks,
0: right? Right, <laughs> they're ducks. Um, now, I, yeah. And when Scrooge says, I, I kind of thought about that too. Like when Scrooge says they remind me of me, um, the boys have this tendency to get into trouble, right? Yes. And so he all we so that kind of almost like catapults us into, well, Scrooge has his own propensities toward trouble, right? Um, and that, that I think, is going to come, uh, maybe not trouble, maybe adventure that leads to trouble. Maybe it's both and, little column A, little column B. But yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Well, what about wrong way and wrong, wrong way? <laughs> so,
1: after having set up Duckburg and that right. world, the next thing that the pilot says is, but, hey, we're not always going to be in Duckburg. We can travel the globe and do set pieces. Uh, and, and you know, look, it's all in the theme song. Uh, this thing that I'm going to say might solve a mystery or <laughs> rewrite history. Like, they can do a lot of stuff with this engine. So the each part of the pilot is trying to show a different thing they can do with DuckTales. And, and so where the last one was... Oh, this is a family drama at home. There's a there's an attempted heist that they thwart. Now they're globetrotting and going on adventures. Uh the other thing that this episode does is it introduces perhaps one of the greatest characters in DuckTales, <laughs> Flintheart Glomgold. Um, who who I have so many feelings about. He's he's fantastic. Taj, you're a fan of Flintheart, right? <laughs>
2: Well, he's just like Scrooge with a beard,
1: (laughs) but but, but and a hat. But but it's it's you know I sometimes talk about super foiling. I don't know if Mm -hmm. we talked about this here, but so 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 sometimes when you foil a character, when you create a foil for your character, you take a character and you create the opposite of that character, Um, and and. That's a way of contrasting two people. You know, it's Felix and Oscar. One super neat, one super sloppy. One is everything by the book. The other one doesn't believe in rules. But this is super foiling, which is Flintheart is a Scroogier version of Scrooge. He is to Scrooge what Scrooge is to everybody else. He is Niles Crane to Frasier Crane. Niles Crane is a more Frasier-y Frasier. Right?
0: Right, right.
1: Only Frasier is the grounded one. Here is someone who is <laughs> even more obsessed with being the richest duck in the world. Where Scrooge is feeling lonely, Flinthart is even like Flintart doesn't have a family and doesn't want one and drives them away and will betray anyone. He he is he is Scrooge's desire for money at all costs without any of the redeemable qualities that make us like Scrooge as a rascal.
0: Right, there's no conscience.
2: Also, do you think that his desire is to be the richest duck in the world or to just beat Scrooge at being the richest duck in the world? I feel like the ambition is more the competition between the two characters, right? Like, I have to beat this other guy at this game. And the game that it is, is, like, who's the richest duck in the world? And I think that, you know, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, it's just, like, Glomgold is just, like, not as successful at it. Like, whatever, whatever... It is that Scrooge has whatever the like fates have dealt him in terms of being more successful at this thing. Glombold just doesn't have it. It is very resentful. And that that enhances that character, right? Makes him more
1: and would ridiculous. We have any billionaires or billionaire ducks listening listening to this <laughs> podcast. And I know there's a lot of billionaire ducks listening to it. You have billions already. If you're still not happy, with what you have, it's not about the money, you know. You know, it. I just, I just want to throw that out there. Life lesson for you, which I've given you for free, which maybe you don't understand since you're a billionaire duck. But, but I mean, that's that's exactly the thing. If if Glomgold does eventually become the richest duck in the world, I don't think that's going to make him happy. Uh, he's he's fixated on beating Scrooge, and I'm sure he will feel some sort of spiteful joy when he eventually does that. But but Scrooge is the richest duck in the world, and he's not even really happy till he gets the nephews. Right, right. right. It's not-I mean, if if there's one thing, yes, on the one hand, this series is absolutely a celebration of capitalism. Um, like, like, let let's be let's be honest. Scrooge does what he does here. And uh there's there's not much else we can do about that. But um you know, all things all things considered, it is not money will make you happy.
0: Right, right. So sort of two purposes. One's the super foil. Um, It's almost like what happens if Scrooge continues down? what would I mean, Scrooge could conceivably be gone gold at some point, right? But the other thing that this episode does, I think that's important, it really cements the relationship with the family. With, yeah. with Donald, or sorry, sorry I keep calling him Donald. It's not Donald. It's Scrooge and the nephews, right? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I think that because it was like, well, do I really, instead of keeping them far away from him, now he's taking them on the adventure with him. And there's just, you know, he, they are definitely part of the the mysteries to be solved and the, the story at hand, right? Yeah, They're part one, of it.
1: One thing this series never gets a handle on and and it because it's a problem in these five episodes, and it is a problem through throughout pretty much all a hundred and forty something episodes of this show, which is. Every episode, Scrooge wants to go on an adventure. The nephews want to come along. Scrooge tells them it's too dangerous, and the nephew and the because you know we have to show him as responsible. But the nephews sneak aboard. This happens roughly eight thousand times, um, and it's only one hundred forty <laughs> episodes. So sometimes it's multiple times in the same episode. Clearly, uh, but we see that here. You know, the boys are going to end up going on the adventures again and again and again, and that we shouldn't be worried that we're not going
0: to see them. So there's a device that carries over from episode one. Um, there's something that kind of links these two. And the things that, thing that links them is the map, right? Yes. Um, the thing we first start with the episode, we talk start talking about the map, which is a callback to the previous episodes. I'm just going to point those out as we go. Because I think that's important if you're doing this kind of thing. You have to make sure you're calling, especially for children, but, but even for adults. You've got to call back to that thing that... That brings it's sort of a almost a it's almost a memory device that helps you remember where we are and what's going on uh, in the last episode.
1: And I, I do want to say, my younger son who watched these with me, when 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 Flint Hart pointed out he had the chocolate version of the map, we mm-hmm. went. That's so smart. That was so <laughs> smart. They set that up and then revealed it, and that's how they got it. He goes, I didn't see that coming. That was smart.
2: That's interesting because I did wonder, you know, when Glomgold buys the the candy factory, like I figured out that, oh, it's because the impression of the map or the boat was left in the chocolate. And that's why he's buying the. But I was like, would kids pick up on this? It seemed very um, sophisticated and subtle in a way that uh, pays off. It was
1: was was the gasp for him. It, was, it yeah. was, he didn't see it coming, and and I live for, to hear my youngest son gasp. That's, that's <laughs> like my favorite thing. When, when I get a gasp from either one of them, uh, that's the best.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Let's move on to episode three. Uh, so three decks of the condor, and, and yeah.
1: So this episode shows us that sometimes we can do stories without the nephews, this is the one time where Huey, Dewey, and Louie are like, can I go with you? And Scrooge says it's too dangerous, and the boys don't go. <laughs> and, it, and what they're showing here is we don't have to use the same characters every episode. We we can mix it up a little bit. Um, so this time, Scrooge goes. We introduce Launchpad McQuack, who will go on to, to become a megastar of the Disney Afternoon, crossing over to the Darkwing Duck series. Um, and... Uh, Donald shows up. Um, and I got to tell you, in the original series, it is a rare treat to get to see Donald. Um,
0: ah, OK. I'm
1: not quite sure why he was on the side. It, sometimes it feels to me when I'm watching the original DuckTales that it's like they couldn't pay to get Donald f- for too many shows. He was contractually obligated <laughs> for a certain number. Of- I don't I don't understand it. But it, it, but hey, Donald's here, and you know, if you're you're a kid watching the series, you were attracted to it probably by Donald. So showing that he'll show up from time to time is fun.
2: Yeah, I was I was really surprised he was used so heavily in the first like few episodes of the series because I do not remember him hardly at all in the like canon of the show. No, <laughs> he, he, was he was very minimally used for the rest of the series.
0: Yeah. So the purpose of this is really if this is the midpoint of the the week. Um, right. So for a five-day five days of, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're on Wednesday, and this is the midpoint. Um, Scrooge has to, and we have to really kind of set up the dramatic question, which is sort of introduced in episode one. But the big dramatic question here is again, um, you know, is it going to be your money, or is it going to be something more? Is there going to be such a thing as enough, right? Um, so Scrooge again is still really treasure driven, and he abandons his nephews, right, for adventure to find this gold, and that sets up this dramatic question that's going to, you know, continue to escalate until we get to episode five.
1: Although let's point out, when you abandons is a bit strong. He leaves he leaves the nephews with Missus Beak. He leaves them with a governess and a governess. Who, in a Mary Poppins sort of way, Mrs. Beakley <laughs> is a match for the boys, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it, true. It's very much Mary Poppins. That's that B plot where there's a bunch mm. of nannies applying for the position, but just the right nanny comes in, and she's the one who knows how to handle them. Um, and we'll see. We'll see that develop a little bit more in the next episode. Um, but uh, I. I I'm quibbling with you, um, but but the other <laughs> thing I like about this is what we've seen in this in this episode is he, number one, Scrooge really is Kenny. He is not surprised when walking walking slowly uh, betrays him. He sees it coming when he tra- he he does a great job negotiating with Joaquin for the half of the map, um, and he's honorable. He's like, look, I'll make this deal. Like, that, that is a thing. He's like, all my business deals, I, I got earned every penny fair and square. He, he comes back to that mantra. Even though he knows he's dealing with dishonorable people. He uh, right. himself conducts his business dealings with honor. And uh, that's fun.
2: He's also um, smarter than the smarties and tougher than the toughies.
1: Yes, and <laughs> later on, they, they will also add sharper than the sharpies, right? <laughs> Um. Yes. Uh, when we talk about the future Ducktales, man, do I want to go into that with you, Taj? But that's not this episode.
0: <laughs> Should we move on to Cold Duck? Sure. So, um, and yeah. So this episode of the five, um, this one kind of bugs me a little bit, and because I don't really see it necessary to the whole story. Oh no! It's. Um, one one I think you five could five. go from straight from three to five. And um, this, it, it feels like, oh, we have to have something for the girls now, and it was yeah, really but annoying. Yeah, I'll tell you,
2: this is the one that I most strongly remember <laughs> from my childhood. Really? Is yeah, I think particularly the scene where they dress Webby as the other penguin girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I all of it has stuck with me very vividly. So it definitely did appeal to like a young girl of the age that was watching that show i was like super into it
0: there you go fair enough that's
1: the function of this episode is to say hey you know we've we've been a little boy heavy these these Mm -hmm. first three episodes let's let's show that there are some female characters on this and broaden our demographic and make sure this is a show that girls will also watch right let's also
2: uh take every second we can to make fun of the girls and ha- what they can't do. And <laughs> oh, right. Webby's a tag along and Mrs. Beakley's, how's she going to fight them by knitting something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty intense. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so I'm going to say this, and I, I actually don't mean
1: this as an attack on the writers of, of because remember time period eighties uh, and Andy and I did freaky Friday a few, a few decades ago, like, like the standards <laughs> have changed. But this is Thankfully. very. This is very clearly men writing female characters and men creating characters that they think women will like. Um, and oh, eighties webby.
2: Oh man, is Bertle is such <laughs> a
1: little girl. <laughs> she um,
2: carries around a purse and a doll, and she's, just, dressed, she's like walking around. <laughs> look, I have nothing against
1: pink. I have nothing against Pink. But when they call her a tag-along, they're not wrong. Like, I wouldn't invite Webby to play. Like, when they're playing, like, hockey in, in the dining room, I wouldn't invite Webby for that. Webby's going to make us sit down and do a tea party. And, in fact, that Webby likes crayons. Webby likes tea parties. She, she is the girliest girl, Duck, that, that there could be. And, and also not their equal. She she is, I don't know that she's younger than they are, but she reads as younger than they are.
0: She does read that as younger. She, like, maybe two years younger than they are, I think.
2: Yeah. I, I would say also that the reason that character stuck out to me when I was that age, or when I was watching that show, um, that was the dynamic I lived in, right? I had an older brother. And I we lived kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so there's no one else to play with but him. And that dynamic was like, I want to play with you, and he was like, No, you cannot play with the GI Joes. You cannot hang out. <laughs> so I was off with crayons and coloring and having my own tea parties with my stuffed animals. So like, I, I, as much as we kind of want to disparage that now, I also think there is something that resonates with with uh, young girls in childhood and how they relate with like brother figures or boy figures. I'm glad that dynamic has changed or Mm -hmm. is changing, Um, but it definitely was culturally uh, what was happening at the time, I think, or how how it was supposed to be. Girls were supposed to be playing with these things, boys, these things that the two shall never mix. (laughs) Meanwhile, I could
1: not get my younger sister to play He-Man with me. So <laughs> I had to meet her where she lived and play with her Charmkins and her Salanian families. Uh, I, I am—I know a lot about the lore of Strawberry Shortcake and Rainbow Bright and Gem and the Holograms. So I'm just—I'm just—I'm just pointing out. I'm just pointing out that uh, you know it, it sometimes worked the other way. She was not into He-Man, no matter how hard I tried.
0: I she love went it. But uh, there, I thought. I think we're was, having sure. I think we're having too much of a gold thing. So yeah, uh, let's move on to, to five. Five, which is um, too much of a gold thing. Gold thing. That's right. Uh, big action set pieces, as, as you said, pre-production, Larry, um, this, uh, and again, the purpose of this is you've got to wrap everything up. We've got to answer the dramatic question. Is it going to be money or is it going to be relationships that will ultimately guide Scrooge? And he's undoubtedly beca- going to have to learn this lesson again and again, because again, We thought he learned it in episode one. No, he didn't. You know his, but he's going to have to. It's going to be again and again. Um, And I think it's really interesting how they ask. Like they're really um, explicit about the dramatic question because Mrs. Beakley asks, "Would you rather be a rich duck or a dead duck?" Right. And so that's that's the. I mean, she really ups the stakes. And um, and then of course there are these great bookends. We've still we've got a different room full of gold to swim in. And we're gonna wrap these villains up.
1: But but I, I what I also think is interesting is it does set Scrooge up. And I, I don't I don't I don't mean this the way that it sounds, but that he like I almost wanna call him an alcoholic with with money. He is the richest duck in the world. And yet, when he comes to this temple, this temple is not going to change his life. As the richest duck in the world, he has everything he wants, and like he's eaten oatmeal for breakfast. And 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 the boys are in the attic. It's not going to change his life. And yet, it 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 actually shows his obsession with making money is unhealthy, right and destructive.
0: Mm-hmm. In That's gold fever, sense. right?
1: Gold um, fever. Gold fever. Yeah, and that he's not in control of himself. Um, And and yeah, I mean, obviously the episode is called "Too Much of a Gold Thing." Hey, I just got that. Um, He keeps (laughs) finding. He keeps finding treasure. That like he gets very excited when he finds the big gold coin that he's sitting on. Uh, It's going to be so much. That would have been enough for him, but then he sees the temple. The temple would have been enough for him, but then he sees the three runes. That would have been enough for him, and then he finds the river of pure gold. And the answer here is nothing will ever be enough. The pursuit of money has no endgame. There just comes a point where you just endlessly want more without even thinking about it. Um, And family is what pulls him back. Love is what pulls him back.
2: Well, you also see, like, the effect it has, right? Because the triplets get gold fever eventually, yes. right? So it's actually, like, Webby and Mrs. Beakley who who pull them from the brink of this madness, right? Like, who, it, you're right, it was, like, her comment of, like, would you rather be a rich duck or a dead duck? So it's, like, even, he, could, he could easily bring everyone down with him. So it's he's luckily surrounded himself with people who love and care for them in a way that will pull them out. Um and that's sort of like the whole premise of the series, right? They're always going to get pulled out of a jam because if they have each gone
1: other. He born on this adventure without his family, he would have died here. Mhm. Right? That it is family that saves him. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will say the final episode feels Big. It does feel mm-hmm. like a big climax. It does feel mm-hmm. like the stakes are higher here than they've ever been in the previous episodes. Um and, and while these five episodes don't really work as a movie, uh, it does feel like we've built up to this confrontation between El Capitan and Scrooge McDuck and really Scrooge and his his addiction.
2: Also, the um, animation in some of the last scenes where the temple is falling is really impressive. Like, for an afternoon cartoon show that doesn't have any 3D special effects, and they're running from the gold. Yeah, I I made a note because I was just like, this is very impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it gets notably better kind of in that end of that episode as they're using the set pieces.
1: No, I completely agree. The animation is definitely better uh, in this Yes. No, I'm with you. All righty. Uh, can we start talking about characters?
0: Sure. Please? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and um, uh, let's see here. I, one, before we talk about characters, actually, this is like the like in, instead of individual characters, I'm thinking about all the characters. Um, one criticism I have of this is that the characters might learn new ways of behaving, but they don't necessarily learn new skills. And even though they consult the Junior Woodchuck Guide, which, by the way, I want one of those. So if, if, <laughs> that's, every a,
2: problem. if, that's, if that's a thing,
0: <laughs> I need one. Uh, but they already seem to know how to do things like fly planes and get out of sticky situations. And they also don't seem to rely on the things they have as being like ducks, Right. So they're like, yeah. "Oh, how are we going to get out of here? It's the Perhaps water's fly. Rising. <laughs> Perhaps fly, or the water's <laughs> rising. Perhaps you swim, right?" Um, so they're totally anthropomorphized there, but and they crack codes too easily. There's no trial and error, and I, I you know, you know, taking there's no trial and error for a ticking clock, and I just think that's kind of a missed opportunity. But anyway, people are familiar with these characters, and so they're going to love the source material. It's going to be fine. Um, uh, so let's talk about some old friends. We've got Scrooge McDuck, as Larry mentioned. Um, he is fresh on the heels of his big debut in Mickey's Christmas Carol.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, but it's such a brave choice to put him at the center of a TV series. Um, I can't, I can't, you know, there's, al- there's always been, you know, I'm fan of the Disney grumpy characters, uh, grumpy, Merriweather, uh, gruffy, gruffy gummy, you know, uh, Archimedes. I like those characters. They're always off to the side. Here we've got like, we here we've got someone who's grumpy and stingy and set in his ways and stubborn, and he's our lead. And <laughs> for for TV, I don't know that that had ever really been done before in cartoons. I can't think of, I, just because I can't think of it doesn't make it true, but I, I watched a lot of cartoons and I can't think of it.
0: Well, I think it yeah. lends a lot to that thing that you're talking about with rounded characters, right? So that's a it's more of a it, there's more room for Scrooge McDuck to grow than say like a Bugs Bunny or yes. a, you know, yeah.
2: Also particularly for a children's show, right? Like not not the Fodder not the character you would be like, "Oh, this is Fodder for a kids show An old grumpy man is the main character."
1: <laughs> right, he's not a kid. You know, yeah. like as far as as far from being a kid as you could be.
0: Well, um, and with him being there, you know, we, they spell out his, um, his failings, right? Um, but there's not a lot of moral ambiguity. There's also a balance where we're not too didactic. Like nobody ever comes out and says to him, Scrooge, you're a terrible person. You're a miser and you're very lonely. And if you would just be willing to listen to the voice of reason, you wouldn't go through all this. Ang- like they don't do the sermonette, right? We don't have that in there. So, I think they do a pretty good job with that balance of, like, a little bit of exposition and telling us what's happening, but maybe not spelling it out completely so that kids can kind of follow along with what's going on. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. Uh, I like him so much. He's Even though he's all of those terrible things, he's so charismatic. Like, I want to go on an adventure with Scrooge. Sure I do.
0: (laughs) Flying some goofy plane? Sure. Let's go. I do not
1: want to go flying with (laughs) Launchpad, but I do want to go on an adventure with Scrooge.
0: All right. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, we have our problem solvers, our junior woodchucks. What do we think?
2: My problem with the triplets is they're indistinguishable, right? And I think through the course of the series. Like, I don't think I ever had any characteristics that stood out to me of, of those characters, and, you know, we've talked a little bit about the new series, and I think the new series took really strong pains to correct that, and they mm-hmm. actually defined those the triplets in, in specific ways that they each had a particular character trait. This one, you know, it's like, if they're not wearing their hats, I don't know who they are. I, I mean, Taj, <laughs>
1: Huey wears red, Huey wears blue, <laughs> and Louie wears green. What more yeah. do you need? So, so the, 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 the question to ask, and I think you're right here, is, do we get anything out of them being triplets rather than just combining all three of them into one character who is Scrooge's nephew? Uh, and the only thing that I can look, there's Disney canon, Huey, Dewey and Louie existed before this. And I don't think they were willing to take the bold steps that the new series makes in redefining them. I think, Mm -hmm. I think you're right, uh, Taj, that they're much better in the new series. Um, but but if if you had carte blanche and you could just uh, make them one character, I would say do it. I would say do it. You certainly have a large enough cast. We don't need three, and we're not we're not playing on the fact that they're constantly like switching identities, or we're not doing a parent trap here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what are we getting from this other than the fact that you can make the character talk to themselves?
0: One thing that I think is imp- that happens is sort of this principle of three that happens. Like one of them will slam into a wall and then here comes the second. And then here comes the third, right? And three is always funnier than one, right? <laughs> For what? Two is not enough, Four's too many, Three's just right. And so um, I think that's kind of a built-in little, and they use that quite a bit, you know, like when they're parachuting into something or they fall into something. So I think that's helpful. And then they also talk in threes too. So they'll say something and then the second one will finish it and then the third one will finish it. So you have these like little mini principle of threes uh, throughout the entire little series.
2: Has also sort of like the moment when um, the reason we know that Beakley is the right nanny is because she can tell the difference between the boys Mm -hmm. like she correctly identifies them Mm -hmm.
1: i believe somewhere down i may be remembering this incorrectly somewhere down the series they do an episode where dewey has decided he's tired of being lumped in with huey and louie and he reinvents his wardrobe and i think he wears like a hawaiian t-shirt and a carmen (laughs) miranda style hat and sunglasses the whole episode um But I remember that episode because it's, like, the only one I can think of where they even tried to make a distinction between the three of them.
0: Do you know what's crazy? I think that's the only episode of this I've ever seen. The one that you just (laughs) talked about. It's memorable! (laughs) No, 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 it is. It is. I mean, I was in high school when this came out. I was like, whatever, you know, it's fine. But, like, yeah, like, this, yeah, I mean, that's funny. Because I'm like, wait, that rings a bell. (laughs) This other stuff, not so much. But that, I remember. All right, Donald Duck. Uh, this is
1: the best version of Donald Duck. And agree. It, it's a shame we don't get to see more of it. But a, I, I am all here for a Donald Duck who loves his nephews. Uh, I. That's, that's all I've ever wanted from him.
2: Yeah. There's a really good moment, too, where... Um, the boys I think it has something to do with money and, and Scrooge was like, Didn't your uncle teach you anything about money? And they said, Well, he taught us how to cross the street and how to brush our teeth and how to and it was like they were naming all these really delightful, sweet parenting things. And I thought that was such a nice comment on like the difference between what Scrooge how Scrooge was approaching the boys and how Donald took care of them, right? Like he was sort of t- treating them as a nuisance and Everything's about money. And they were like, oh, well, Uncle Donald taught us how to cross the streets. We don't get run over. (laughs) Right. And,
0: And Donald is also this, in addition to being this family man, right? He is this awkward slapstick comic relief who's always bumbling into things and pouring, you know, he's not, he's not doing well in the Navy as, you know, he gets in trouble with the Admiral, et cetera. Right. So he's always crashing into this or knocking this over or whatever. So he's not exactly what we would expect in terms of, you know, the guy that, you know, so there's a, still, still a little, to be a dad. Yeah. exactly. So there's a little, still a little bit of that too. What yeah, if, yeah. Oh, after you, Tash.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say um, the other thing you can know is when someone really gets Donald, they start to be able to understand him. So like people like him and Launchpad are a little contentious when they first meet, and he's always like, "What's he saying? What's he saying?" But then they sort of get in a rhythm by the end of that uh, Condor episode, and he's he's now translating for Donald to other people. Right now he can understand Donald. So yeah, the closer you get to Donald, the You can literally understand him.
1: It's a great (laughs) observation that I always want with Donald. That this this movie does not give us is the moment where Donald loses his temper and goes absolutely insane, and goes into like a berserker barbarian rage and tears everything up. And whenever Donald is present. I'm always waiting for that moment. It is why I love Donald. Like, watching him fight his temper and then that the glorious satisfaction when he gives into it and and mm. goes on a destructive rampage. And I wish, I wish we got that here. I wish at some point uh, in that third episode, like, he... Uh, I'm always talking about characters going Godzilla-style loose on something. <laughs> that I I... I love that, and I, I wish that happened, where all of a sudden, like, Donald Duck is taking out the entire army of, of tribesmen, because
0: he's <laughs> been pushed too far. Far. Okay. Let's talk about some of these new faces. We've got Duckworth. Who's
2: not
1: a duck. <laughs> Who's not a duck but is named Duckworth? This is more confusing. He is to worthy me than, of being a duck, right? This is, this is more confusing <laughs> to me than the all of the goofy Pluto questions you could ever ask. Um, not why a duck. is he's, worthy of, a duck. he's yes. worthy of
0: being a duck? He's worthy of being a duck.
2: He's also a bit mean, right? Like I, I would say, he's pushing uh, Scrooge in the wrong directions. So, hmm. uh, you know, there's in the first episode, he's the one who really is putting the hammer down on the boys in some ways and like disparaging them to Scrooge. Mm. So I always kind of wonder um, in the new series, uh, Duckworth is a ghost. (laughs) I don't know if that's a spoiler to anyone, but I I wonder (laughs) if that was a deliberate choice because I found him to be kind of nasty. And I was like, I feel like he's holding Scrooge back uh, in a lot of the uh, scenes that he had with him.
1: Well, and and let's keep in mind, Duckworth is the employee and, and what kind of boss is Scrooge to have, right? right. Like, you're going to get a butler who's somewhat resentful for you if 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 we know from Mickey's Christmas Carol, Scrooge will, will give a lump of coal to Mickey to be hot on Christmas, and that is it. <laughs> um, so you have to—he he does seem long-suffering to me. And now that the boys are here, his hard job has just gotten that much harder.
0: That's right. That's right. Launchpad McQuack.
2: I love Launchpad.
0: <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I think he is the shining star of this whole yeah, little thing. Yeah, I do yeah.
2: Too. I think that's why he had second life in uh, Darkwing Duck. He's just so lovable. Uh, I wrote that he's immortal. Apparently, that's his number one skill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, nine <laughs> cannot, lives for a cat.
2: Killed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I nine just, lives
0: for a cat, immortality for a duck. I do right? love the one line when when he's finally
1: landed uh, the ship, and he goes, "I feel bad if I don't bring him in for a real launchpad McQuack landing." And then the ship falls off the mountain and crashes, and he goes, "Ah, that's better." He just—it's—it's <laughs> right. not—it's not, it's not even—he's a terrible pilot. He is purposely a terrible pilot. He just loves crashing planes. Right. Um, but he's also he's it's he's also what's what's fun about him is, is he's built big and strong and, and those shoulders. He's built like a leading man, but he's the comic relief.
0: Absolutely. And, yeah, and, they're playing with that for sure.
1: And the contrast between how he looks and how he behaves, you can get a lot of fun out of that.
0: All right, Mrs. Beakley. We've talked about her a little bit already.
2: My Favorite thing about Mrs. Beakley, and I think it really shows in that, again, that Cold Duck episode that we (laughs) all hated, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she is fearless. Like, she is not afraid of anything, and she's a good foil to Scrooge's parenting style, right? Mm. She is a bit more present and observant about danger and more protective, and we need that, because Scrooge is not those things. He- goes headlong into danger and does not recognize when there's trouble. So I found her in those episodes that she was in with him to be sort of like the the good, uh, the careful parent, the parent who is like keeping everyone safe at the end of the day. Sure. But much sure. like the good parent, her
1: job is the thankless job, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have fun with your careful parent. You have fun with your wild parent, uh, which is why which is why Betsy is the boy's favorite, not me. Um, she's wild. I'm a careful one. Uh, but but um, you know, uh, it is it is also true that I'm kind of bummed when she's around. Like like I know I know that the, I know things aren't going to get wild and out of control because Mrs. Beakley is boring. I think even though we see her do some adventurous things here I'm still like I remember being like oh this episode's going to focus on Mrs. Beakley uh what's on what's on <laughs> the other channel I'm, I'm I'm never excited for it Yeah I, I would
2: say it's another thing they rectified in the new series yes. right? like they found a way around that and okay. uh, but yeah she's definitely the you know the killjoy I mean on some level but they would all be dead if she weren't.
1: Sure. <laughs> That's right. True, so I don't want to watch dead. a show about ducks decomposing
0: in the ground. So I'm glad. She's <laughs> definitely a governess in the in the truest sense. Okay. Webby Vanderquack. Well,
2: I think we talked about Webby. I, I you know, again, I I cared for that character at the time in my life when I watched the show because I related on some level, but She's really grating now, when you watch it as an adult.
0: <laughs> We've all grown. We've all yeah. grown. She was a stepping stone. We loved yeah. her. Yeah.
2: All right, well, and there, then there's the one other
1: thing... Th- there's one thing yeah. I want to say about Webby, is the all one right. thing that is remotely interested here, is when she calls Scrooge, Mr. Scrooge, and he says to her, no, no, I'm Uncle Scrooge. Call me Uncle Scrooge. It is a sign that he is changing. He's been Uncle yeah. Scrooge because his nephews are his nephews, but now he is becoming Uncle Scrooge to everyone. Hmm. Like his ability to love the nephews is extending to his ability to love Webby, and and everyone's going to start calling him Uncle Scrooge, and and uh, that's something. That's not nothing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Also, Miss Beakley and Webby, when she comes for that job, and he goes, "How much to do you charge?" and she says, "Nothing." <laughs> out room and board, I go, who is this person? <laughs> is and she, she needs some self-esteem, right?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I had a lot of questions about maybe the backstory there, but what's happening? Let me ever get. Yeah, I was like, no, well, I don't know if we'll ever Mrs. get into Be- that. But my, it's a little my weird. family,
0: my family thinks that <laughs> Mrs. Beakley's a gold digger. I wasn't going to say that, but now I am. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Skittles, one of the one-off characters. So again, we're signaling that we can have those characters where we only see them once, and then we, um, I call those Little House on the Prairie characters where we see somebody. You know, in and, and, uh Walnut Grove, but then we never hear from them ever again. And Skittles is one of those characters.
2: I I like Skittles. I again, I was a little girl at the time, so that really appealed to me—a little cute penguin who liked colorful things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also feel like I, she has a nice connection point if you think about it in terms of um, children who are differently abled, in the sense of like interacting with other children because they set up this plot line like she doesn't have any friends.
0: Mm. Um,
2: And so they sort of build in, uh, she meets Webby, she could start doing some social interactions, and then she can interact through, like, colors that she brings to the village, right? So I thought that was kind of a really sweet little metaphor for that character. Even though she didn't have a long life on the show, I thought it was a good moment.
1: I think Skittles teaches children an important lesson, which is if you are unpopular and have no friends, be granted wealth uh, in the form of like that parachute and the crayons and watch how your life is transformed. Kids, if you're lonely, you should just try to get
2: more money and buy friends. You'll get them that way. I love Larry will always immediately go to the cynical <laughs> <laughs> view exactly, of it. Which is exactly which is
0: exactly the advice that El Capitan took um, as we talk about these villains and how he probably became El Capitan. Um, and really, that kind of advice allowed him to last for 400 years as a matter of sheer will. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
2: I, I made note of that. I was like, willpower, huh? Wow, I wish I could... Will, will myself into 400 <laughs> years of life. Although, although that... <laughs> That's that, rough. That is assuming he's
1: <laughs> not just a crazy person of, uh, who believes that. I mean, mm. I, think, I think in the show we are supposed to accept that he has lived 400 because of his dangerous obsession. But you have to admit he's not the most reliable of narrators.
2: Ah. Fair. He's also not particularly threatening with his, like... Wheezing and his inability to like <laughs> run without lo- losing his breath <laughs>
0: pretty, and his trench coat. Yeah,
2: this it's creepy trench
0: coat. It's pretty creepy. He, um,
1: look, I didn't have nightmares about about El Capitan. He is he is B list all the way. Uh, not particularly memorable, but he's supposed. Here's the real issue with El Capitan: is we have a better foil for Scrooge who does everything that El Capitan does, but better. And that's Flintheart Glomgold. El right. Capitan is another character who unhealthily pursues wealth, but without the charisma, and without the family. And let's just face it, he's not a duck. Like, you know, like, you know.
0: he's he- Yeah, I mean, he has to join forces with Flintheart, right? Because otherwise, you know, but when, they're better together. When he's partnered villains.
1: with Flintheart, which of those two people do you find interesting? I find Flintheart interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah, not intrigued agree. by
1: El Capitan. I'm intrigued by Flintheart. Flintheart has that it quality you're looking for in a villain. This is personal for him. El Capitan just wants the money Scrooge also wants, but it isn't personal. He's just been this deranged lunatic for 400 years. It has nothing to do with Scrooge. Right, right, right. And to sideline—I'm—I'm sorry—I'm on a rant. Uh, Go ahead. Sideline your villain with the personal stakes in the conflict in favor of a villain who is just doing business as usual is always a mistake. And P.S. We will never see El Capitan again uh, in the series, and there's no reason for it. No, he's still digging ah. that hole. He's going to be digging that hole for 400 years, and and uh, I'm fine with that. I don't miss him. Scrooge has some – my one regret, Andy, is you don't you don't meet Magica Dispel in this pilot, ah. uh, and she is a fantastic villain. Scrooge has fantastic villains. El Capitan is not that. All right. No, and you
2: can tell the show knows that because they really don't explain him in any way other than – He's gold like, motivated for 400 here,
0: years. He should go, go dig a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yourself busy but for I mean, the rest of this, this <laughs> series. Was
1: a movie? He absolutely would have fallen into the molten gold and died yeah. that way. Whereas Scrooge lives, but because this is for TV, we get the softer ending of him digging that hole, trying to dig up his gold forever.
0: Did uh, you notice though that these guys? They uh, the the thing I love about. Ducktales is that they save their villains.
1: Uh, I mean,
0: they I mean, put them aboard the life rafts. They pull them up. They, you know, they make truces when they're hanging off cliffs. I mean, well, when there's the real danger, in they indie. they really do help them out.
1: They're, they're not anti heroes. They're heroes. Um, yeah, you know, this is the same as Beast uh, tries to extend a hand to Gaston in Beauty and right. the Beast. Like right. they're they're never trying to kill their enemies in in, in Disney. Their enemies always do something that causes them to choose death. And I think if I was making a movie out of this pilot, El Capitan would, in his desire for gold, might leap into the Golden River rather than... Scrooge chooses life. I think El Capitan chooses the gold.
0: Okay, to wrap up our villains, let's talk about Beagle Boys. Oh,
1: I love the Beagle Boys. (laughs) I love big time bouncer and burger. Um, we don't
2: get Ma Beagle yet. We have though, not been right? Ma Beagle.
1: I have always dreamed of bounding at one of the Disney parks with me, Xander, and Graydon dressed as the Beagle Boys, and Betty dressed as Ma Beagle. I think that would be fantastic. Um, but they're fun. They're not competent, and they're not a real threat to Scrooge. Uh, no. But but I'm always, I, they were fun to watch. Uh, the 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 bit with the bonbons and Burger wants to eat, keep eating them. Even when one explodes in his chest, hey, can I have another? Um, again, <laughs> they're they're good com they're good henchmen. They may not be yes. good villains, but they're good secondary villains.
0: They're flunkies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're they're good disposable characters.
0: <laughs> All right, now we're going into protagonist problems, which in a series. Like this one, do we think that all of these characters need to be able to stand on their own and serve as protagonists at some point? What do we think?
1: Well, the engine is setting us up to think that all of these characters can be protagonists. There, and our main our main protagonists are always going to be Scrooge, or the triplets, or Webby. Those those. Are our go-to protagonists throughout the series. They will do episodes that focus on Launchpad. Uh, they will do episodes. There, there is at least one episode I can think of that focuses on Gyro Gearloose. Um, there's one that focuses on Duckworth. It's not great, um, but, <laughs> but I do like. I mean, when you're creating a pilot for this kind of series one one of the things i do like is they've tried to create an engine where they can tell the stories of a bunch of different characters and and not focus on most of the time it would only be the boys in this time period it would only be the boys the boys would always be the protagonist here they're they're putting a lot of different crayons in the box right they can tell the stories of a bunch of different characters cuz it's duck tales not triplet tails. right they're just not all well, equally good protagonists.
2: Yeah, because, like, Scrooge has more of a growth journey, right, than any of the other ones. Sure like, one. the, the triplets don't, you know, they're, they're growing, right? So whoever they are now is not who they may become. So we're watching their journey into who they're going to become based on their life experiences. But Scrooge is old, and he sort of is who he is at this time. And we get to sort of, he has more of a change, a more dramatic shift that would be less likely if these events had not occurred or the triplets had not come to live with him. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. the more interesting protagonist journey to me than the like other characters, but you know, I can't really remember enough of the series to know what happens to the boys throughout the time, but I assume it's just a lot of hijinks it, and it, it is in just a lot of
1: hijinks though. <laughs> if,
2: if you feel, do you feel like
0: the, the triplets are sort of a, a, a way in to for children watching yes. this? Because I keep thinking, yeah. I keep thinking if they weren't there, right. Then how would children like look at Scrooge McDuck, right? That wouldn't, it's almost like they get to participate by being one of the triplets. You know, They're you the sort audience of engage surrogate. that way. That's exactly there you right. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're the audience surrogate. My, my big complaint about the triplets, Taj t- talked about this earlier, is not only are they indistinguishable, which she mentioned from one another, but but also that I have trouble defining any all three of them. They are mm. mischievous. But I can't really tell you a lot about their personality. Um, it, and it may just be because I'm seeing three characters. And I don't, I I just don't, I, I have trouble talking about them at with, as having personalities. Okay. They just, they serve the plot. They're the, whatever they need to be in that particular moment.
0: Yeah, I love that. So the audience surrogate, that's perfect. Um, let's talk about themes for just a hot second. Um, what kind of themes do we see? What are we going to expect out of this series?
1: Uh, redemptive love. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> Family. To again.
2: Family, too. There it is. Yeah. The strength of family. Connections.
1: Um, love. The glories of capitalism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I, I, look, it's Accumulating as much gold as possible. But <laughs> dude, the eighties is the
1: capitalistic time, and Scrooge is that American dream character who started from nothing and became the. It's, he's the American dream. Sure, sure. Um, and and I do think it perpetuates an idea in children that that you want to want to be the richest duck in the world, except maybe not a and duck.
0: Um, and yet there is this tension between life and relationships being more important than money. Yes. Because, again, that, that's a lesson that's going to have to be learned over and over and over again, even though the money is certainly celebrated, right?
1: But but uh. I do have to point out, money is an end in itself. Scrooge does no, mm. no good with his money. He hoards it like a dragon. Um, and And really, we need to tax Scrooge proportionately. Uh, and use his money for public <laughs> works. I, 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 I don't, I don't know if I really need to get political here, but... Um,
2: Duckburg <laughs> needs some new bridges. While,
1: du- while Scrooge we'll McDuck is please. traveling in time and going to space, he could feed every person in America, <laughs> and he is therefore a monster. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Good night. Um, All right. So, yeah, go ahead, Taj.
2: I was going to say, like... Uh, something that really struck me watching this that I don't think I recognized when I was little was uh how how it's pretty much a ripping off Indiana Jones mm, it's mm. like a very like the music from the music to like a straight-up joke that Launchpad makes where he's like a snake's attacking me I hate snakes he's like wait that's not me I like snakes and I was where did I get that from uh, I was like, oh my gosh it's basically they're they're building off of the popularity of Indiana Jones with this oh, for concept, sure. right and I was like well, the, the idea that Scrooge is like money hungry, right, is uh, much more easy for kids to grasp than the concept of Indiana Jones was just like, I want to put things in a museum. <laughs> right. So I, could, I, I feel like that shift is is maybe, well, first of all, the character of Scrooge is always that character, right? He's always about money. Um, but I think it's also just a lot easier for kids to like grasp that concept, that this mm. is a, someone who's obsessed with... Uh, money and all his adventures revolve around that. He goes on these Indiana Jones style adventures to just like continue to build this wealth as opposed to like put things in a museum because who cares?
0: <laughs> Interesting. But,
2: yeah, I thought I, I it had never struck me how much it was. It was just Indiana Jones like reskinned for kids. Yeah,
0: it works for me. I like that. All right, pitch time. So the reboot series, as you all noted, has recently ended. So, is there anything we would want to do with these characters?
1: Well, I mean, so this is hard because the series does everything with these characters, uh, but I have my pitch. Which
0: all right. Is
1: the one thing this movie does not deliver? Or the series does not deliver for us is Donald Duck joins the Navy. Let's just do that. I but I don't I want we we like like he leaves we we just follow Donald Duck. He joins the Navy, we, we watch him go through boot camp basic training. Um uh, he starts getting like he climbs his way up, he starts being sent on missions. Um let let's let's see Donald Duck as an action adventure star uh, who has to conform to like let's see the mili- let's see the military industrial military complex change Donald Duck but maybe <laughs> Donald Duck also changes the military industrial comp- complex right uh, excellent i Donald Duck sees the world he goes from port to port um that's 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 my pitch
0: i love it taj
2: i so they have done this i i would like to see the triplets as grown adults, like what that happened. They, they did a series where they were like teenagers and Donald. Yeah. Quack pack. But, uh, I want to see how these formative years shape them into what kind of adults they would be and how they would handle parenting or, uh, especially to see their personalities fleshed out more as, as grown adults might be interesting. Um, yeah, I, that's kind of I think what I'm missing. Something more about the triplets. Some some something that hasn't been done in the new reboot series. So like a full
0: house, but then there's the ducks, ducker right? tails.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> your yeah. tails. your tails. <laughs> <laughs> <Duck ear> tails. <laughs> I
1: like it.
0: So so my idea is uh, a where in the world is Carmen San Diego sort of kids series, only with Launchpad McQuack going to actual Ooh. places. And interfacing with real people and sort of a Nat Geo kind of show. But it's Launchpad McQuack actually making crash landings into all these places. So. That's great.
1: <laughs> love it. I just came up with a better More pitch. More
2: Launchpad, please. All right. Pitch, pitch your, <laughs> pitch I came your up with better. better
0: this will be quick. Pitch your better. All
1: Young right. Scrooge McDuck becoming the world's richest duck.
0: Oh, there it is.
1: Let's watch that journey. Let's start him with nothing and watch him climb his way to the top.
0: I love it.
2: Yeah. Into it.
0: Okay. All right. Taj, thank you so much for being our uh, yeah. resident expert on all things uh, DuckTales. DuckTales. You definitely don't have this. I, don't know. I have
2: ever considered myself the resident DuckTales expert. I think, think you take should take put it. this on your CV. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> to my mind. And there was no person who was the
0: second person on that list. <laughs> I absolutely love this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's our show and I still love it. Yeah. All right. So next week's episode, Larry, what it are we doing a next goofy week? Goofy movie. Uh,
1: which is inspired by another uh, Disney afternoon show, uh, Goof, Goof Troop. Troop. But you do not need to watch Goof Troop in order to understand a goofy movie. Um but but it I'm excited. A goofy movie is underrated it's and it's a great pretty movie. great. Is pretty great. I also have a request for our fans. Uh, if you listen to this episode, let us know if you want m- more from the Disney Afternoon, or if you have ideas of stuff from the Disney Afternoon you'd like us to talk about. Go to our Facebook fan page and and, and let us know. Uh, we're curious about it. I'm I'm big on the Disney Afternoon.
0: I'm excited.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, if you think I'm a ducktails expert, wait till you hear me talk about Darkwing Duck.
0: <laughs> oh, we will bring you back, sister. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And like Larry said, you can find us on our Facebook page, uh, Once Upon a Disney Podcast, and on Twitter, at Andy Redmine, and at LarryBrenner6. And again, yeah, if you have ideas for this show or any kind of pressing questions for us to answer, you can always drop an email into our mailbag at Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends. See you real soon. See you real soon.